five, four, three, two, one. What's your favorite scary movie? Just when you thought it was safe to put on a podcast, the legend continues. Freak Out Drive-In with Jennifer Smith. My weapon is large for bodies, I'm strapped for battle. My soul is in the crossroads and highs for filling. Somewhere deep inside the spirit to rise to kill her. Hi, welcome to Freak Out Drive-In. My name is Jennifer Smith, your hostess for this Live Watch Horror Podcast. You have made it. You have made it through an entire month of this podcast every Wednesday. Thank you so much to my guests uh, that have been with me on this run. Logan Crosland, we watched Tremors. JT Rosero, we watched Scary Movie 2. Keith Langston, we watched Basket Case. Sean Kidd, we watched Thinner. And last but definitely not least, my best friend, Tim Cable. And we're watching The Fly. This is huge because The Fly is a very special and important movie for Tim. And I never seen it with him before. We've talked about it for years. Um, but I've never experienced it with him. And that was basically the goal of this entire project. So I finally got Tim to watch this with me. It was awesome. I had the best time. It should be still on HBO Max, so I hope you guys can watch with us. And if you do, fire it up in three, two, one, play. Tim Capel, how are you tonight? Oh, Jennifer Smith, you finally, you, you finally Svengali'd me into it. Yes, it's it's happening. Um, I'll just say I I think we did some of our finest work on <laughs> Hellraiser, we the did. horror classic, last year during. Halloween month here on Fody, and this year for Halloween month, we're doing another personal favorite of mine. Um, honestly, while it's one of my favorite movies, I think you actually demanded that we do this. Well, it's kind of like one of my bucket list podcasts because I know how you feel about this movie, and I mm. want it on the record. I want it, I want it, I want your future therapist to be able to dive deep into this episode oh god yeah i think i've been reluctant to uh put this <laughs> on the record uh but, yeah you've been dodging me for several years now uh, yeah it's you know it's while it's one of my favorites it's not a film I, I go back to that often and i think we'll get into some of that as we go along here in this uh so this is the fly from 1986 mm -hmm. It is, of course, the remake of the 1958 B-movie kind of cult classic, maybe? Have you seen that original Fly, Jenny? I haven't, no. I've just, like, it's, clips, like, on documentaries yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, it's it's good fodder for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's an enjoyable little horror movie for, for the late 50s. Um, it is rather goofy. It, it's certainly not going <laughs> to traumatize you. Um, well... Far from the extent that this remake will, um, <laughs> potentially, but uh, well, I mean it's worth a watch. Just, yeah, well, it's, and it's worth seeing where where this kind of came from, like the genesis of, of this movie. It really does have its roots in that earlier film. Um, of course, adapted from a short story 
first published in Playboy by a, a writer named George Langellen, yeah, which I've never read, but anyway, it's a rich history behind this movie, but already we're seeing um, uh, Seth Brundle, the, the eccentric scientist played by Jeff Goldblum here, and Gina Davis, um, I believe these two are married in real life at the time oh, really? of filming. Yeah, I don't, they were definitely dating. I want to say they, I want to say they were actually married. They may not have actually been married yet, but they, they will be um, shortly thereafter. Well, that accounts for a lot of what I'm seeing on screen now, which is this like constant eye contact and a lot of mm. tension. Yep. tension. Yeah. Good, uh, good chemistry between the two of them. That doesn't always translate on screen, right? These real life Agreed. couples. Yeah. Um, they got it because they're... I think it's because they have the same hair. <laughs> they do kind of have the same hair and eyes. <laughs> yeah, big eyes, big hair. It's the eighties. Yeah. Uh, and that was a uh, so they had a little meet cute there at an, an industry event, like a little party where she is a reporter. I believe they hosted it. He's the scientist, the hot new scientist, and he he found a little liquid courage there to approach her at the party. And it's not something he would normally do. She picked him right up, apparently. She picked him right up. She went for it. So she's she's down to see what this guy is all about. He said he had an invention that would change the world, Jenny. Oh, oh. So. Is that yeah, a line this... you would go for? <laughs> I am a nerd, so probably. <laughs> I would mm. have follow-up questions, though. Well, they're both yeah, kind of sketchy, too. Like, him using that line and her driving that piece of shit car. And, uh, <laughs> she, she's a struggling reporter for um, a science magazine called, uh, what's the magazine? Particle Magazine, as we're going to see. So Particle. I, I can't imagine they were paying too much, you know, in the yeah. mid-80s here. This place is sketch, too. I wouldn't follow some weird scientist. I mean, yeah, this is like his warehouse um, slash studio apartment slash laboratory. It's uh, not a lot of separation, not a lot of uh, work-life balance going on here, is there? Right, yeah, no. Was he got a time machine? Uh, Time machine or, as she puts it, designer phone booths. Oh, yeah. It does look tough. It is the 80s. Or a tanning bed. Or, yeah, a great tanning bed. (laughs) Maybe he invented uh, spray tans several years ago. Could be. I got to say that Goldblum, Mm -hmm. not not super attractive thus far. Um, Not feeling it? He's Maybe he grows into his looks as he ages or something because he looks quite young. Yeah, I mean, I figure he probably was. I, I haven't done the math, but. I mean, it's, it's not like this is his first film. He was, I, I mean, I've seen him in some stuff from the 70s. Um, but no, I wouldn't say they're like veteran actors. Although, I mean, we're going to see a tour de force performance from him. <laughs> Truly. She's no slouch either. Mm-hmm. I mean, with what's going to be asked of her. Look at this fucking computer. Mm hmm. Yep. It's crude, but effective. Telepods. <laughs> Telepods, yeah. 
This is already super nerdy. I love it. She says, what do they do, the uh, phone booths? Telepods. I mean, and I want to say that uh, her name is uh, Veronica, often referred to as Ronnie Mm -hmm. throughout the film. So it's kind of some weird names for characters. We're going to meet a a third character. There's only like three characters in this. (laughs) And the third character we'll meet later also has a very bizarre name. But she is uh, Veronica slash Ronnie, and my mom had a jacket, that exact same jacket, uh, throughout the 80s and 90s that she's wearing. Yeah. It's like a black sort of leather, oversized. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She just took off her stocking for him to put in. Yeah, just gives up a stocking. Well, he needed something inorganic, Mm. something on her person that, and I mean, presumably something she won't miss if, uh, if this experiment he's going to conduct goes really awry. That's a good point. So. He left out that part, but, you know. So how did you get into this movie? Like what? Okay. Well, speaking of, um, yeah, speaking of moms, here's more for the therapist couch. Um, (laughs) I first saw this movie, you know, as most people probably do, when I was about four years old. Um, <laughs> when your you're going to love this. Yeah. When uh, my mom and I were, um, the very brief period in my life when my mom and I were living with uh, an exotic reptile, illegal reptile importer. Um, that's a whole different story in and of itself. But um, we were at that house one night and someone had. Re- Look at this effect, this great mid-80s optical effect here. Straight out of Star Trek. I mean, it's not bad, right? I mean, it's not the most convincing, but it's, you know, it gets the job done. It's small, you know. It's It's small. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's going, what did you do to my stocking? Where'd it go? Teleportation. Does she know anything about the science that she's supposed to be writing about? I think she does, but she's being very skeptical right now. And she also has to be kind of the audience surrogate in a way because, I mean, let's face it, people are dumb back then. They don't know what teleportation is. (laughs) No? No. I mean, you and I would, I mean, certainly at four years old, um, (laughs) as as early as – then we would know the science behind this. But, I mean, you got to figure the average moviegoer, they don't know any of that shit. Okay. So you're four, you're watching it with your mom? Yeah, and we had it recorded um, on a VHS tape. Someone must have taped it off of uh, then HBO. We're watching this, by the way, on HBO Max Mm -hmm. streaming. So um, hopefully you can watch this along with us. I hope it's still streaming um, at the time this podcast was released in Halloween month, uh, this theme seems to this movie seems to never stay on any streaming platform for very long. I noticed. So, hmm. well, if it is still out there on HBO Max, jump on it, please. By all means, watch this. Uh, but yeah, I had it recorded on VHS back to back with a another '80s movie called Bullies. Um, I don't know why I remember that. It's just. Now you remember, like, what was on your VHS tapes if you just had stuff recorded off of television. And at least I do. Um, I guess you 
by your by your silence, I would take it that you don't because you're a normal person. So never mind. Um, uh, you know, I'm not a normal person. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, those little details. I just think of uh, weirdos like us just having cataloged in our brains for some reason. I can see like a tape with a label on it with writing. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah, impression oh yeah, yeah. of that. But I not I don't know that I would have anything committed to memory. Well, and it's the type of thing where I didn't even watch anything else on this tape other than The Fly. So, and I did watch it with some adult supervision, um, such as it was back then. Uh, and I just remember being fascinated throughout the whole. I, I don't know that I was terrified or traumatized. I don't know what my reaction was after. Uh, it was just like I cannot believe I just watched that, mm-hmm. um, which is how a lot of people feel the first time they see this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a movie that's kind of been with me um, almost my whole life, um, and I've gone back to it many, many times over the year. I own it in several different formats as well. So, um, and I don't know, well, I, I think there's... a certain type of mood for it, though. And I do, and I think there's something a little bit poetic about revisiting this movie in particular over time, which hmm. we'll talk about. Um, I hope to talk about it anyway. All right, here are the Posh Headquarters of Particle Magazine. Look at this. Damn, uh, that building looks badass. Not bad. It's probably a lease, corporate lease. Yeah. So Seth kind of freaked out when she said she wanted to publish. She wanted to, to go to press with this, like, immediately, this incredible invention that yes will change the world and he's like no no not ready for that yet i just wanted to show you um and she's like what did you think this is i'm a reporter so they kind of had a little falling out there oh shit Um, and this is her editor this this is our third character in the movie (laughs) and what's his name his name is stathis stathis borens oh jesus (laughs) yes what the hell? Stathis. That is not a name. It's a name. It's his name. Stathis? I think you should Google Stathis. Just just the first okay. name Stathis and see if there's any other... Like, if, if there's any results that are something other than this movie. Uh, a Greek actor? Hmm. Stathis, I don't know how to say uh, this in... Whatever it looks Greek. So maybe it's a Greek Saltis? name. P S A L T I S. Maybe it's maybe it's a Greek name. Definitely is. Hmm. All right. So Seth tried to get the jump on her here. He figured he would run intercept. And uh, Stathis is not buying it anyway. So he's like, "This is this is a parlor trick." Uh, you had too much to drink. You didn't know what you were seeing. <laughs> so he's not into it. He's like, thank God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now he's going to charm her with the magic word cheeseburger over lunch. Ooh, that is a nice magic word. Oh, look at this little 80s restaurant. What is this? <laughs> I know. I mean, I know this movie was filmed in Toronto. Hmm. Toronto. <laughs> um, and 
I don't think we get any indication in the movie itself where it is meant to take place. Like, and I always like to look at license plates whenever, mm-hmm. whenever that's ambiguous, you know, in a in a film. So, I mean, short of it spelling out where this is meant to be set, I'm just assuming it's Toronto. Hmm. Wonder what restaurant that would be in the '80s in Toronto. We'll have to ask our Canadian friends. Hmm. Because they know all things Canadian, just That's by true. Being just, Canadian. Exactly, just like Americans know everything. Yeah. Is it Toronto or Toronto? I'm told you're supposed to pronounce it Toron- Toronto, as in there's not an extra there's T. There's not an there. extra T. Hmm. Kind of like... Uh, did you hear that <laughs> from a Canadian? Or? I did hear that from a Canadian. Okay. They might have been fucking with me, I don't know. <laughs> No, they wouldn't do that. It's kind of like Melbourne, Melbourne, which is like <laughs> broken glass on a Australian's ears. <laughs> anyway, so he's selling he's selling Veronica now on this idea of why don't you why don't you tell my story? You you will uh, publish this as like a, a series of articles, however long it takes for me to get to the finish line with this invention. Um, and it, it will conclude with me teleporting myself from, from one end of the room to the other. That's not a bad idea. And he says, he's got a pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid, um, sell here for her. She's into it. She's into him. Yeah. Yeah. I do like this apartment. I mean, the sets in this movie are kind of no frills, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, it works. <laughs> Staff is, is showering in her apartment. What the hell? <laughs> Remember when you could flush the toilet on someone in the shower, burn them? <laughs> I always think that's going to do it every time, and then I'm like, no, that's not a thing that happens anymore. (laughs) For whatever reason, I guess. We've all been, quote-unquote, burned by that. Yeah. So why was he randomly taking a shower at her place? So this is where we're getting a little bit of backstory between the two of them. They are former lovers, um, and to the point that he still has a key to her apartment. Like they're they're that recently broken up apparently, mm-hmm. and she is fully over him, and he is not nearly um, over her. So he's ah. he's trying to get back into her good graces. He's he's a real scumbag. It mm. it sort of seems like he's the type of like sleazy guy who maybe she used to go for, and she's ever since ending that relationship, she's just really over that. Um, so his his tricks just don't work like they used to is I don't know that that's the read on this relationship that I that I get but he's her boss and he is also her boss yeah yes fucked up I think there was a line that they met in college when he was like her instructor even he was like a college professor or something mm-hmm. and then went into the private sector blah 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 
I don't know if that's come up yet or was mentioned in passing, but there's some there's some backstory here. He has a nice beard. He does, and that is uh, uh God, who plays him? John Getz. John Getz is the actor. The only thing, I, the only other thing I've ever seen him in uh, was Blood Simple, an early, early Coen's Coen Brothers movie. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. It's it's worth watching if you're into like that neo noir thing. That and it's from the '80s, so hmm. you got to keep that in mind too. I mean, I first saw it. I saw it for the first time just a few years ago, but enjoyed it well enough. Oh, oh my! Oh he shit! We're doing, we're doing monkey experiments now. He just teleported a baboon, Jenny. Shit. Where did okay. he get a baboon at, Tim? Well, they just give them out to scientists like here, study this guy, do whatever. Oh, oh no. Uh, that's not a good sign, oh, is it? Gross! It exploded. Um, here's a real money shot coming up. Oh shit! <laughs> Whoa. Dude. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Right. Now where's he going to get another orangutan? Um, Whatever. Why would I complain the wrong thing? You would think he would never be trusted with live animals again after this. Right? Uh, But he does get another baboon at one point. What? (laughs) Just not to spoil it, but uh, um, I mean, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, where did that come from? Um, in describing what he actually does and how he has put this thing together, he he says he works for this big corporation. He's basically like a like a systems engineer or project manager, and he just he heads up a team. He explained this to her earlier. Um, when they first met and he just says, I need this part. I need that part. I need this to be able to do that. I need this to connect to this. So he he just sort of, I guess, subcontracts out on his team Mm -hmm. and he, he puts these things together and then they don't even know exactly what it is he's working on, but I guess Uh he's proven himself to be such a whiz kid that, He's got a pretty hefty budget, and so this is this is as far along as he's come. So if he made a request that said, I need a live baboon, apparently it just gets fulfilled by whatever <laughs> department does that. <laughs> you know? The baboon department, obviously. I need a particle accelerator. I need a laser. I need this. I need a baboon. All right. <laughs> what the fuck you making, dude? Yeah. Look, five sets of exactly the same suit and shoes. So I was always dressed the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to buy things not the same, maybe in, like, different colors. But if I like something, I get a bunch of it. Or at least two. Yeah. He has the exact same outfit, five sets. Like a cartoon character. He said it was like Einstein. 
that uh, he, he could devote less of his brain power to uh, deciding trivial matters like what to wear every day mm. if he just didn't have the didn't have a choice. It's a solid point. I mean, it does give you some insight into his character. This is a guy who he seems like he's um, not only just detached from society, but very detached from kind of his own uh, wants and needs and and his own body. I mean, this is this movie is a body horror. We can't not talk about that. Mm-hmm. And like maybe he never even considered the possibility because he is so cerebral and so you know, mission-oriented, that he could be considered attractive by somebody. Mm-hmm. And so she's showing him all these things about himself that he just never, never even thought before could could happen. And it's like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not just this nerdy, introverted, <laughs> borderline shut-in, right? <laughs> so then they just totally bang on his pull-out couch. So they just totally bang on his pull-out couch. Uh, he rolled over on some kind of transistor or something. Yeah, that was weird. What the fuck? Stabbed him in the back. Did Ouch. they just fuck on that couch? Like, how did he just roll over on that? I don't know. He did say he was looking for it. It was oh. something he lost somehow. And I don't know that the movie ever spells out whether or not this is, like, his first relationship or – know first time i don't think it's really important um other than that this is very new for him to be mm-hmm. in it to the extent that he is in it you know right like and he and he has just been given an idea by all this love making <laughs> is uh well, it's very inspiring you know oh sure right uh i mean makes the world go round, as they say. But the reason the, the monkey got turned inside out is because, in, in his words, the telepod has no appreciation for the flesh. It just treats it like any old object you'd throw in there. It, it mm-hmm. devotes no care to living cells or, or life as even a concept. It just, it's whatever, it's just meat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, the the flesh is important. It's it's we we value the flesh. It, it's what makes us go crazy. It's what makes old ladies pinch little babies' cheeks, right? And mm-hmm. and I need to teach the computer that that's important. That you can't just it's not just breaking a thing down and putting it back together any old way. It, it matters how you do that. And so that's that's what he's demonstrating here. He is he cooked one steak. Um, the old-fashioned way. Um, he took another steak, put it through the telepod, and then cooked it. And she is realizing that that steak that has been teleported tastes like shit. Oh, really? Huh. She says it's synthetic. Huh. So you, this can't, is where he's, you can't teleport the flesh. You can't teleport the flesh right now. The, the yeah. computer is too dumb. Yeah, it's he's, as he explains, rethinking rather than reproducing it. So something right. is getting lost. She's getting lost. We're all lost. 
it's basically telling us that it's getting changed in the process of being teleported. It's not exactly a perfect reproduction. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't matter so much in the case of a nylon stocking. In the case of a baboon, matters a whole lot <laughs> how you break it down and put it back together. She's like, yeah, I want to get back this good steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what would you program into the computer to, to I know. tell it? You know? Like, <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, this is complete yeah, science okay. fiction fantasy woo. This is, this is just nonsense, right? That he's going to teach the computer how to care about and value life, essentially. In what way you go about doing that, we aren't told. It's just, it doesn't matter. It, we just, we're just told that's what he has to do. That's how he has to fix the telepod, right? So we're not going to worry. We're not going to sweat the details too much. Yeah, don't worry about Again, it. Again, it is the 80s, so. And it's, you know, it's Cronenberg. It's not Star Trek. <laughs> Is she trying to buy him clothes now? She is trying to buy him clothes now. She's like, uh, really, she's really in deep, huh? Hmm. You think that's a bad sign? Yeah, I mean, she's already obsessed, and they fucked once, and she's like, nope, I'm fixing to buy him clothes. Can't have this one outfit thing going on. She's not into that one outfit deal. I would get kind of old. <laughs> this scene is very over the top. <laughs> you just said his cock. <laughs> yeah. Making a gigantic scene in this oh, Macy's yeah. or whatever it is. Oh my god. Okay, let's, here we let's go. Telepo- let's teleport that fucker somewhere. <laughs> right. Oh, here's another porn. I told baboon. you, another baboon, just randomly. <laughs> oh, this God. probably tastes did, funny, too. Did it get turned into pizza? <laughs> I really mm. love the design of uh, the telepods. Yeah, they look cool, don't they? They do. Oh, shit! He's alive. He's alive. So, so far, so good. All right. So, Through his, bang, his, what do they do with the baboon? Um, I don't know what box? they do with the baboon. <laughs> I mean, those things are dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, no matter how socialized, I guess, have you seen the damage those things do in those animal attack horror They're stories? They're so fucking strong, man. Oh, my God. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, that's, that's some real body horror. What a baboon. Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to make them plan, making plans now to take a trip. So we They're see like, that she's like we're boyfriend girlfriend now. Like this is a thing that's mm-hmm. happening. Sorry about it. We're in a relationship. It could be a romance, she says. 
You think? And he's just in disbelief, right? He just he can't believe this is yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, he's like somebody actually wants to not just girlfriend and I invented teleportation. Yeah, well, and it's really because of his relationship now that he's learned how teleportation works, right? How crazy does that sound? Because he she she taught him about the flesh mm-hmm. that that you have to value the flesh. I'm sorry, I keep saying flesh. It's a disgusting word. <laughs> I like it. Uh, grossing myself out. The cover of the art of this particle magazine. <laughs> Quite something. Is it a comic book? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like it at all. phone. I love it. Yeah, look at that. With that cordless giant antenna. Love it. <laughs> okay, so now so this package this package she got was from Stathis, basically uh threatening or or suggesting that he's gonna rush to publish um because he is he is so over his yeah. head with jealousy, yeah. and she's going to go confront him now. Look at this cigar, cigar-chomping <laughs> old-school journalist. Who the hell does he think he is? You know, like, we'll get to to the, you know, horror kind of part of this, but, like... <laughs> I feel like there's a much better way you could have gotten to this story, you know, besides this. I don't know. Maybe not. Like, is there not a better angle than, like, reporter? Um, right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, where it's, like, a lot of professional, like, weird business deals back yeah. and forth that yeah. we're supposed to keep up with that like don't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that kind of movie. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously you must have the romance. Um, and really, I mean, we'll see why we need the jealous ex lover here, uh, which is going to motivate Seth, um, into what he's going to do next. Um, but yeah, do do they have to? Does it have to have this weird, um, like professional angle hanging over it? No, I don't yeah, think so. Like, <laughs> like their whole relationship and all that. I don't know. Like mm. maybe maybe we can rebook this movie. Yeah, as hard as that would be for me to do, but <laughs> now he's just like, can we uh, just have sex? It's just like right. No. He'll take what he can get. I mean, like, he's an alright-looking dude. Like, why is he barking up her tree? Like, let it go, man. Yeah. I mean, she... she, I guess she really blew his hair back. I don't know. Well, she must have some life-altering pussy, because she'd just be changing lives everywhere she goes with it. Uh, You know, would you doubt 1980s Gina Davis and her her powers? Mm, Probably not. Nice. Yeah, I can see it. Oh no, here we go. So Seth is freaking out. 
he thinks that she has gone back to to Stathis because, you know, he's inexperienced in relationships and has no idea what's really going on. She gave him the brush off. So he's getting drunk, as you do. So he's getting drunk, and he's making bad decisions. He's getting drunk, talking to a baboon, (laughs) and making real bad choices. Oh, disastrous choices. So this is all her fault, basically. Because she kind of... It's really all Stathis Warren's fault. Well... Although Gina Davis could have been maybe a little bit more clear. Hey, I got this shitty package from my asshole editor. I'm going to go tell him off. I'll be right back. Oh, my God. Or this could wait. Yeah. And... Oh, dear, we have a stowaway in the telepod with him. What is this there, now? Uh, there's a fly in there. There's a fly that's that's in there unbeknownst to him. Why? He did not. He could not possibly have drank enough to think that this was a good idea. I think he's kind of a lightweight. Well, that's, yeah, that's probably true. And it didn't even look like they were drinking liquor. Uh-oh, yeah. he just got teleported. Fuck. Oh, shit. What is going to come out of here? Oh, God. Jenny, what is it? Oh, my God. What is it? It's. Is it another inside out baboon? Well, so far. Shit. It's just a naked Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Hi, naked Jeff Goldblum. Okay. So. So far, so good. Hugging a naked baboon. Hugging a naked baboon, as one does. He seems totally uh, no-selling the fact that he just got teleported. Yeah. Teleportation successful. All right, well. All right, well, great movie. Um, Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Great story, yeah. God, this hallway is just yeah. haunting. Hmm. Her shoe and sock combination is haunting. <laughs> kind of a kind of is a faux pas. Stocking or is it a sock? I can't tell. Well, it's weird. Yeah. This grown man needs a bed. Well. Uh, You know, he lives in a warehouse. Still. And before he met her, I don't think he was really, you couldn't really consider him a grown man. Oh. (laughs) She turned him into a man. Yeah, she made a man out of him. That's where he got all his great ideas. Hot. It like turned on, it activated that part of his brain that that wasn't working before. The flesh part. Yeah, the fleshy part. (laughs) And he has to admit to her that he teleported himself without her. Okay. So, very tense 
scene here where he's he still seems okay, but he wants to know are you are you sleeping around? Are you still you still got the hots for Stathis? Yeah, here's where we Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Got her started in journalism. Here's where we get the uh the backstory. So you get the sense he's meant to be quite older than her. He said, uh, is he still in love with you? And she said, how could he not be? (laughs) Wow. She knows she's got it going on. I guess so. And she does. All right. I'm going to teleport you to O-Town, baby. (laughs) Ooh. Oh. <laughs> well, gnarly looking. That was. Good payoff for our injury earlier with the first one. Yeah. I mean, you can't just have a transistor sex injury without paying <laughs> it off. <laughs> oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Caught the fly? He was asleep, and he woke up and caught the fly with his bare hand. Hmm. Who does that? Totally normal people. Right. What if somebody went as the fly for Halloween? Oh, God. I'm sure it's happened. (laughs) I mean... I mean, you've got a lot of options as far as what kind of look you'd like to um, represent as as the fly. You know, as this film progresses, there's a lot of variety. You could just go as naked, naked Jeff Goldblum. Uh, you could just go as naked <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Or naked with some, things, with some things sticking out of your back. Well, did anybody get that reference, though, you know? I mean, just a crazy person like, like <laughs> me. You'd be like, you're the fly. Here, take all the all Take the all candy. the candy. <laughs> he is bugging out. Mm. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> bugging. Oh, man. Um, okay. Hmm. Say what you will about 1986 Jeff Goldblum. He's got a pretty slamming body. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Look at that. Was it like that before? Did we see him? His body? Yeah. I don't know that we saw him on Clue. Okay, I was uh, just wondering if he was swole before. He's not really swole. He's more like lean. Right, he's got that lean muscle. Yeah. And now he's just, like, doing gymnastics. Now he's a trapeze artist, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) She might be into it, though, you know? Yeah, well, that certainly wasn't something that he was doing before. 
even though he's got a, a high bar, inexplicably. <laughs> I was like, why does he have this bar? Well, I guess it's a warehouse. So I, like, I guess it's a warehouse. They can get away with it. What, if, what do you even say at this point? Uh, yeah. You're just like, um, I'm sorry, what? He's just like, like basically well, showing off now. If the sex didn't already blow my mind, now I'm ready right? to the show. Now this fucker's yeah. a gymnast? Let's go. <laughs> Except it's real creepy because he don't know how he did that. No. Shit. Did he get all that on tape? I mean, come on. <laughs> Got the teleportation on Board tape. that so shit. About the aftermath here. She seems very into it. She's real turned on by it. No questions, though. I mean. Nope. <laughs> she's she's a reporter. She doesn't worry about the details. <laughs> she doesn't ask a lot of questions. Don't worry about reporter, that. Does she? <laughs> <laughs> she is full of, like, <laughs> I don't know. She She's like the man of the movie. You know? Oh, yeah. She, she was like thinking with her clip the whole time like oh yeah she doesn't seem to like critically Somebody think about to. any of this stuff yeah yeah also she's wearing a beret like you know well mm-hmm. it looks all right <laughs> <laughs> this scene here is just <laughs> He's wearing the jacket. He's wearing the jacket that she yep. got him. Though. Look, yep. I have a jacket just like that. She has uh, fully claimed him, basically. Oh, yeah. He's a capped man. He's just pouring sugar into his cappuccino. And he's also talking a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. A very, very just... Goldbergian scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where, I don't know, you get into some of the, what is this movie even trying to say, right, type stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, I think, I mean, he, he sounds like he's on speed. <laughs> like, total, just out of his mind, manic, like, can't even... I mean, composes his thoughts, his words. He's thinking too fast, speaking too fast. And a lot of people would look at that as, oh, it's, it's sort of like he's on drugs, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's like, maybe he's, um, this teleportation process, it's it's like trans, the transformation has been, he's, he's now become a drug addict, and this is like a, a, a drug movie in a way. And, um, I mean, there's aspects of it. Yeah, you could look at it that way. Um, As this goes on, I think we start to get away from that. And Mm -hmm. it it wasn't David Cronenberg's intent as the director, but it's certainly something that can be read into this. Wow, more more lovemaking here. She said, 
How could there be any liquid left in your body? Oh my gosh. <laughs> We've been doing this for hours. <laughs> and he said, I'm not quite ready to quit yet. Yeah. So again, that's another, if you're doing speed, it, it makes you like super horny, like you can fuck all day kind of thing. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, He's also looking a bit blotchy. Yeah, yeah. What's going on with that? Which, you know, some skin conditions go along with drug abuse. Again, particularly sure. like meth or I guess I didn't call it meth back then. She's like, look, my vagina can't take no more, so. I mean, for real. I'm done. Give a girl a break. And she's freaked out by all the stuff she just felt on his cut. His, um, I don't know. Right, the scratches on his back. Well, stitches or. Yeah, something hairs. popping out of it. He says new hairs. <laughs> new hairs. Yeah. Gross. Ugh. <laughs> Dude, no. Again, it just goes to I show know, how. I a dicker down really good for a couple hours, so look, I'll be cutting some back hair off too. <laughs> she, I mean, she's concerned. Like she, what? She's like, what is this? And he's yeah. just so. Again, out of touch with his own body, he just doesn't care about shit like that. It's just like, well, whatever. You know, bodies do weird things. It just speaks to who he is as a character. Now he wants to teleport her. She's like, look, this ain't right. Mm-mm. And that explosion of anger we see from him is very, that's very unlike him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he usually is very docile. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. This is yeah. classic dialogue. It's just, you're afraid to be destroyed and recreated. Afraid to take a dive into the plasma pool. <laughs> I mean, it. What the fuck does uh, that mean? <laughs> this whole, I mean, it, it's really doing us an injustice not to hear the dialogue in that because he is off his rocker. Yeah, he's just insane. classic, classic lines throughout all of that. <laughs> and weirdly enough, this is how I know I'm insane. Like I. The more times I, I watch this movie, the more I actually understand what he's saying. <laughs> Ooh, I and like that's that. that's a little bit that's a little bit unnerving. <laughs> it's Miller time. Yeah, look at this old classic pool hall. I like it. Every surface is covered with a neon sign, basically. Uh huh. <laughs> It's like a rough like, point. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't look like it's going to go well. Arm wrestling in the corner. Mm-hmm. Bar chick looking on. Mm-hmm. Head to toe dressed in denim. Uh, yeah. Canadian tuxedo, right? Perfect. Guess it's not a Canadian tuxedo if you're a chick, but... 
It might you be. Know, more, more evidence that this takes place in Canada. <laughs> that and the flannel. Well, that and professional boxer, Canadian boxer, George Chuvalo. That's who this big guy with the mustache oh. is. Well, look at you. How do you know that? I don't know. I've seen this movie a hundred times. <laughs> Read the IMDb. Oh. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna badger you about the brain with the uh, IMDb trivia. Oh, okay. Got to sprinkle that. Sprinkle that in. I appreciate that. You know, uh, I know how to do one of these things. <laughs> You're all right. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, in arm wrestling. Yeah. And he's he's just been eating candy bars this whole yeah. way. Oh, what the fuck? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, the scene. This is intense. Oh, oh fuck! Oh, God. oh, motherfucker broke his arm. Oh, Bone through flesh. Total compound fracture. Oh, and then they just left. Yep. Grabs the floozy and takes off. That was sick. Do people still say floozy? Is that a... It's a sexist term, right? But it's also Jim kind Ross of a funny... probably still does. Kind of a funny term at the same time. I like that word. <laughs> floozy. Floozy. Oh, that I scene like always leaves me with out. with a Z in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that weird? No, the Z kind of a... Uh, it, spices it, it, up. It, it makes it an inherently funny word, I feel I think like. so, yeah. <laughs> now and they he, were out now all night. definitely he can't be in denial anymore, right? One would think. Oh, come on. He just wants to fuck. Mm-hmm. He's having a hard time with them steps. Man, fuck them steps. Oh, carry me, bitch. There you uh-huh. go. Said there's an elevator. Don't you feel elevated now? This is the only reason a man would take your ass up of all these flights of stairs. <laughs> to get it in. To get it in. Oh, he is running, too. Hmm. Oh, she's about it. <laughs> Is he doing it again? Uh, well, he's showing off for her. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, the thing works, right? Why not, uh, I'm not, why not uh, use it to get chicks? <laughs> look what I can do, bitch. Oh, shit. Mm. <laughs> so how are you feeling about uh, 1986 Jeff Goldblum's sex appeal at this point in the film? Uh, I feel uncomfortable about how much I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would say that. <laughs> I don't know. That's how a lot of people felt. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, wow, that was hot. Like, I'm not supposed to like yeah. that. Yeah, no. 
I don't want, do I want to fuck a fly or uh, um <laughs> fly fucker? I mean, they got some stamina, I guess. <laughs> the stamina is impressive, I will say. Yeah. The uh. Look how he's his body is so sensitive now. Yeah, yeah, he's freaking out. And he wants to put her through the telepod. Oh, shit. Oh, now she's the crazy ex, huh? (laughs) You see what she said there? Be afraid, be very afraid. This movie invented that saying. Oh, really? It did. I didn't know that. Yep. I don't think a lot of people know that. Even, Even people who use, you know, that expression would not know where it came from. Huh, that's that's a very good point. I mean, I'm not going to say no one's ever said it before this movie, but it Of course they haven't. It. No. Right? Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think big, maybe the last time I've ever heard it or said it. I don't know. Yeah. You smell bad. I've <laughs> <laughs> never been much of a bather. <laughs> Again, he doesn't care. Like, he's just not in touch with, with his body shit. at all. She said, look, I took those weird hairs of yours to the lab. Mm. <laughs> he's like, that's weird. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, she's finally using her brain, I guess. Her. Mm-hmm. She's not clouded with all that magic dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you see your lover sub- succumb to the addiction, you know, yeah. to this extent, you start to separate and think a little bit more rationally. So again, we're still kind of doing a drug metaphor thing. Yeah, sort of. And he's he's telling her that she can't keep up, that that he's I mean, just look at him, he's a mess, but he he thinks he's hot shit. Hmm. Are flies like really strong? Like, I think it's one of those like, you know, how they say Spider-Man has the the proportionate strength of a spider uh-huh. as a grown human. Uh huh. I think it's kind of like that, where he's he, he's got the proportionate strength of a of a fly, which I guess is stronger than you would think of it as. Uh, I don't know. What I am told is that the only biological drive that flies have is to eat and to fuck. Well, That's it. That's all they do. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I know your specialty is herpetology, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm more into reptiles. <laughs> oh, now he's having some face hairs. Mm, yuck. He looks like my 13-year-old. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Just kidding. His mustache is cute. <laughs> Ugh. Ew. I mean, let's face it. This this process that uh, Seth is going almost as gross as um, puberty, you know. Almost, yeah. <gasps> 
Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot about that. He just bit off his fingernail, his whole ass fingernail. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that that happened. No, no. Uh, the amount of... Oh. No, thank you. What the fuck? That was so unnecessary. His finger just jizzed on the fucking... Oh, my God. No. No, don't do it again. Oh, God. His fingers are just like... Dripping with... Oh, drippings with (laughs) goo. Why'd you do this to me? You did this to me. (laughs) That's true, sorry. This movie has been doing it to me my whole life. Sure has. (laughs) Why do you think I'm like this? <laughs> you can trace it all back to four-year-old Tim. Oh, God. And I kept yeah. watching it. I did, you would think yeah. once would be enough, right? You'd be like, oh. who, whoever wants to experience this again. And I just kept watching it. <sighs> Every few years, you know, got to watch The Fly. Yep. What's wrong with me? Oh, now he's now he's doing some real detective work here. This is secondary. Uh oh. What secondary teleportation element? <laughs> the gloves. He put the gloves off. Oh. He is looking real beat up now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's uh, not Brundle. <laughs> uh, ugh. And this this telephone is being well, very nice incredible. Yeah, I, I must say this this telephone is being extremely for something that it's <laughs> it's supposed to understand the flesh now. It's kind of <laughs> kind of beating around the bush. Well, just spit it out, bitch. Just spit it out. Yeah. Like no, we gotta analyze it. Like what the fuck is this thing? Like holy shit. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. It's going great. <laughs> That's what went through with me. What would you do? What would you do at this point? Oh, I mean, what can you do? I mean, what does it even mean, right? Yeah. This is a this totally new technology. He's like asking the telephone, what do I do, basically? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what did you do to me? Fusion. Fusion. What the fuck? I think we all know what that means. Yeah. Did Brundle absorb fly? Oh, no, bitch. Fusion of Brundle and fly like, at molecular wh- genetic level. <laughs> the going, I said what I said. Fusion. <laughs> at molecular genetic level. Uh, fly absorbed you, bitch. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. Well, you see, this is the problem. He he taught the telepod to be creative, right? To yeah, yeah. To value the flesh, not to just regurgitate any old thing. And boy, did that telepod run with those instructions. Said maybe that's maybe that's why you can't fuck around uh, AI. Yeah, 
it went, man, I'm supposed to be teleporting a dude. I've got this fly in here. What am I supposed to do? Eh, smash them together. Just smash them together. <laughs> I mean, you know, pretty forward-thinking telephone here. Yeah. <laughs> you taught it if, well. If you got used with something, what would you want it to be? What, what would you um, want Telepod. Probably a better looking person. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, like a much better. Look, it has to be a much better looking person. Like a all time hottest. Because, you know, your own, like, deficiencies are going to kind of dilute right. what, what ultimately comes out. So you. You don't want to take a good-looking person and have them just kind of turn into mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, oh, God. So, something like a J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody really hot. Oh, my God. Now, what, oh, God. He can barely walk. This is a Halloween costume. Right. This would be a good Brundle yeah. Halloween costume. This kind of, this uh, kind of second, uh, yeah. I think they call this uh, stage two. Brundle fly. They, they they have labels. All these all these mm. neat little labels for each stage. The I mean that's how the the makeup and and um, effects department mm. kind of kept it straight. I mean look at them. It's amazing. Oh. Imagine being her walking this. Like oh, oh no. I know. I just oh my god. I'm glad I got that dick before he turned into a fly. Ooh. And he's admitting what happened. All right, so now the party's over. This is not so mm -hmm. much a drug movie no. anymore. This is more like a terminal disease movie. <laughs> this is Yeah, you just you're just waiting, you know. Just waiting. Yeah, and in the eighties a lot of people look towards like AIDS, right? Oh, it's like this is what happens yeah. to somebody with AIDS. It's a, you know, it's kind of that um, moral panic that people had over AIDS for a minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can read that into this as well. So going from drugs to to disease, that's you know, what is again? Where what is this movie is saying? We don't we don't quite know yet, but we're getting there. I haven't lost the thread yet. She is devastated. Yes. And, I mean, he's basically describing his mm -hmm. condition as a, a bizarre form of cancer. Right. And she's saying, well, let's get help. I mean, what – how do you help this? Well, yeah, now? there's – It's like, what do you do with the technology then at this point? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, like, do you destroy it? Do you go like, oh, fuck. Oh, gross. <laughs> God damn, dude. He might have given her some kind of warning. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Yeah, buddy. you always need warning when something white is going to be in your mouth. So, oh. Holy Jesus. His ears just randomly falling off. She hugs Ooh, him. Oh, bless, God. She goes, bless her 
heart. Yeah, apparently during, like, test screenings of this movie, this was, like, the scene that got the most gas just when she goes in for the hug. Yeah. <laughs> like, people were so astonished that she would do that. That is astonishing. Yeah. Why in the fuck would she go to this guy? Her sleeve egg that is nothing but trash and has done nothing good in this whole thing. Still her boss. And he, he got to figure he's been grilling her the whole time on, you know, what's the status of this story. She's got to tell him something. Well, what do you want to know? Like, <laughs> It went terribly, terribly wrong. It's crazy. And he's afraid that this condition could be contagious. Don't see it. Won't go and see him. <laughs> I don't know how that would be contagious, but okay. Right. Right. Oh, now he wants to see him. Now he's getting that curiosity, right? It might be contagious, but I want to go see him. But I'm kind of, and I'm kind of into it now. I like. I need to go look at that. Like how bad is? Look, it? I, I probably would want to go too. And yeah, she's gonna go back. God, just. I, I forget the pacing. Of the yeah, I mean it's it's really ramping up. Okay, I was thinking that it it does. I mean, each each scene is going to be something new with him, basically, from here on out. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, uh, wow. He's on the ceiling. Yeah, he is. That is really, really scary. Uh, that's not, that's not normal at all. Got some kind of weird uh, hernia bulging. That has to be some sort of camera trick or something because it was a rotating set. It was a um, same way they did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street with uh, the chick who gets dragged up the wall and over the ceiling. Yep, it's it's literally the set rotates and yeah, it is a camera trick. You film it in such a way you can't see the room literally spinning. But yeah. Yeah, that's how they do it. It looks incredible. And all this shit had to be glued down, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is inexplicable. Oh, oh just... His face. And there. He uses the term Brundle Fly for the. He's the he's the offspring of of Brundle and Fly. Now he's oh. he's something new. So this something is a different. new character. <laughs> yeah, essentially, he's he's saying he's he's no longer Brundle. He's he's no longer Housefly. He's something that's never existed before. Jesus. He wants to film a children's show. Uh, no. He's feeling awfully chipper now yeah, about his condition, right? Say, he's like, kind of made his peace with it, it seems. Maybe uh, the insanity is coming in a little bit, like he is having well, a total meltdown, yeah. breakdown, 
Or maybe he is a new person. Yeah. Genetically. Like, Genetically, he's quite yeah. new. Look, he's he. This is an educational segment where he's going to explain and edu- and and make clear to the world at large how he eats and digests food now. Oh my god! Which is by barfing on it and then slurping it up. Oh fucking hell! As he has demonstrated off screen, much to Stathis horror. Oh, what if they had showed that? He's like, yeah, this is what I've been working on. You wanted to see it. Here you go, motherfucker. Uh Uh-huh. What would you do if you were her? Um, well. Move. Just fucking move. Considering the reveal we're about to get. (gasps) Oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) She's going to have a fly baby? She's pregnant. And she, and she has no idea whether it was conceived before or after he went through that telepod. Wow. Which makes a pretty big difference. It definitely does. I'm just realizing I don't remember the ending of this. Well, oh, parts. Okay. I don't remember her part, I guess. Hmm. Oh, this this scene is uh, <laughs> <laughs> this scene is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> That's yes. all I'm gonna say. This yes. is Tim thinks something is wildly inappropriate. This is outrageously inappropriate. <laughs> this was the only scene. The first time uh, we watched it, just not knowing it was coming, it was just sort of a real showstopper um Mm -hmm. every subsequent viewing of the film uh this was the only scene my my mother insisted be fast forwarded through oh my god i mean i didn't really care i didn't really care one way or another but she was like no this this is too much that's david cronenberg right there oh shit between her legs making her have an abortion well she's um I think the idea is she's actually it, – it's kind of ambiguous exactly what's going on. This was a very kind of abrupt cutaway. Uh-huh. So it's like is oh. she getting an abortion? Is she actually oh. giving birth? Yeah. Oh. I think it's, it's – so – Uh, Fast forward it, Jenny. Uh <laughs> Uh, um. Oh, fuck. Come on. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. And oh, it was just a dream. So, I mean, it didn't even have to be in the movie, right? Because it's, it's just. It's like, fuck you. I think we all got the idea when she said she was pregnant, but, but it just. <laughs> is that when the dream started when she was pregnant or when she was going to give birth to the larvae? Uh the dream started when they pulled up at the the hospital. Uh, okay, but she So is that was pregnant. all. Just, she is pregnant though. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Oh boy. Look at uh Oh my. What's he trying to do? He is trying to uh decrease the amount of fly present in Brundle fly. So he has uh put together this insane fusion project. He wants to fuse himself with something else, we don't know what, okay. to basically regain as, as much of his humanity. It's, it's totally not going to work. There's no way it could possibly work, but his mind is pretty... Broken. Yeah. Yeah. Like as his are teeth. His teeth. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was a, um, a deleted scene, an infamous deleted scene right before this where you get a better idea of what he is going for. Um, it is on the DVD or, or special edition Blu-ray, which I think you have, um, where he conducts this experiment with a <laughs> yet another baboon and a cat. Um, and what oh, comes wow. out of that? And what comes out of that is about what you'd expect. Poor cat. Yeah. I, I mean, baboons, I understand, but cats. Mm-hmm. Don't care about baboons. You can get two baboons, like three minimum or maximum for the baboon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not even wearing clothes at this point. No, his his place is absolute trash too. And his and uh, his penis was actually in that medicine cabinet we just saw. <laughs> um, if you freeze it, you know, which you get a pretty clear picture of what all is in there. Uh-huh. It's in two pieces, but it's visible, if nice. you're wondering. Yeah. Why is it in there, though? He, I believe he calls it the Brundle Museum of Natural History. Oh, okay. He still has some sort of, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeps little parts of his old body. Still I has think. some sentimental attachment yeah. to uh, his old life, I guess. Well, how could you not? Because you're a fucking monster now, so. Oh, my God. Why would you even still be talking to this thing? Like, what? <laughs> just just uh, go she, away. That's the thing. Like, she's really the emotional anchor throughout this movie. Like, this, if you don't believe in their romance, which maybe you do, maybe you don't. I mean, it's always been pretty effective for me. Mm-hmm. This movie really doesn't work at all. Um, because, because of that very question, why would you keep coming back? And that's where I think you start to really get into the heart of what this is really about. Um, and this is a very tragic scene, by the way, Mm -hmm. again, with, with the dialogue, I mean, you're looking at a monster man pontificate on his existence and it's like, this should be totally absurd. But again, if we're actually sitting here watching it with, with the sound, um, this is a, a a really riveting, again, mm-hmm. tour de force performance by Jeff Goldblum here under layers and layers of prosthetics and makeup. And mm-hmm. he's saying he wants to be the first insect politician. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? Again, she just can't follow his rationale anymore. His point is that insects have no politics. They're they're brutal. They're all about struggle. Again, they just eat and fuck. You know, that's mm-hmm. all they do. And he 
wants to be the first insect politician. So he, he wants to be the first insect that actually cares about people, that, that has a sense of morality, that, that has a sense of decency, is what he's trying that's, to say. So that's very odd from what you would expect right. him to do. You would expect him to turn to the fly side, though. He's fighting it. He's he's yeah. actively fighting it. And he told her that he's afraid he will hurt her if she stays. Right. And, he, and he can't help himself. So he's losing total sense of self here. Yeah. He's yeah. not quite... Not quite there. He's, he's fighting it, and he's he's lo- he's realizing he's going to lose this battle. Mm-hmm. So that packs quite the gut punch, um, and that's where I think we we have to acknowledge um, what Cronenberg was actually going for is that this whole transformation by Brundle it's a metaphor for the human aging process <laughs> of mm. all things. And this is, (laughs) yeah, and it's the type of thing that, like, I mean, realistically, of course, it doesn't play out that rapidly or viscerally. This is not what, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is not how we, how we look as we get older, of course. But at the end of the day, it is what happens to us all. Like we, we age, we, we rot away. We start out, we're young, full of all this vigor and and ambition. You think you're in. Mm -hmm. You're invincible, right? And that when you're in your teens and twenties, you're a little bit humbled throughout middle age. Like <laughs> I think we can relate to now. For um, sure. But then things start to take that real ugly turn. Once you're in your, you know, elder years, you start to lose your physical health, your your mental health, and I guess the most agonizing part of that is when you lose your, your complete sense of identity, which doesn't happen to everyone. But mm-hmm. in this case, it's, you know, this, this is like a, a case study in that, right? Somebody who perhaps has advanced dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever, mm-hmm. they're kind of tracking that in a very accelerated form. Um, so that, you know, that hits pretty hard. And it's a type of thing that when I first, was exposed to that idea when I heard like in an interview or something that that's what Cronenberg was going for. I was like, Oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. I don't really see it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was probably in my early (laughs) twenties when I, when I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, you know, I'm staring down at 40, like my own body is betraying me more and more in, in new and exciting ways every day, Jenny. Right. And, um, Got to admit, I, I think Cronenberg knew what the hell he was trying to say here. I think so, too. I, I can definitely agree with that, as I will be 40 next week. Okay. So we picked the oh. right movie to watch. Whoa. Yeah, we did. Right movie to watch for you, Jenny. Ironically, it's like, at 40, I probably look the best I have, but I feel the oldest. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, he just straight up kidnapped her, huh? Yep. Took her right he out of the abortion clinic. He flew right in there. Get it? 
Yeah, much like <laughs> He doesn't have wings yet, does he? Does not have wings yet. Okay. Um, I mean, oh, and the deleted scene with the the monkey cat hybrid thing. Mm, mm. It also paid off that weird bulging hernia on his abdomen, oh, which he okay. yeah, like a, a giant insect uh, fly leg erupts out out of his side. Fuck. And uh, he uh, rips it off with his teeth. It's pretty gross. Oh my god. Yeah, so track down that deleted scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has uh, <laughs> some time. I almost insisted that we watch it during this viewing, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to try <laughs> to find it on YouTube or whatever. Ooh, maybe um, we could do it as like a little postscript after. A postscript, yeah, yeah. could. Let's see if I can find it real quick. I haven't put a good postscript in a pod in a while. Right. All right, here comes Stethis to see what the fuck's up. Yeah. He's about to get shocked. Oh, his world is going to be rocked here. <laughs> this scene, I actually have always found low-key terrifying. Okay. Um, I just think it's a really effective use of suspense, uh, which this has not been a real suspenseful film. It's been It's played out more like a drama, but... There's not been a lot of, like, jump scares or anything other than what we saw at the abortion clinic. Right. Um, <laughs> as he came crashing through the, the window. And it's not been a real violent movie either. And this is where it really takes a turn. And I think that's why it, it gets to me. It's it's that tonal whiplash that we're going to see. Right, okay. As he, you know, Stathis slowly assembles this gun. Like, we know shit's getting serious. Did he bring that, or was it just laying around? He brought that. It was in, okay. yeah, it was in the trunk. He, yeah, I don't know why a rifle is in a suitcase like that, but whatever. Yeah, I don't get it. Oh, don't go fucking around with a computer, you dummy! Oh, computer stolen everything. He all he did was like. Put some gobbledygook on there. His computer's like... He, like, pressed enter. Spread your legs. Damn. Spread. No security. Where's your security? Uh. Oh, God. The shadow on the roof. Did you see that? Oh, shit. Ceiling. You're right about so, that. So, <laughs> we're going to have one telepod, two tel... Ah! Oh, fuck. It got me. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, oh, shit. The scene. <laughs> oh, no. Man, oh. oh, no. Fucking way. Fuck, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he screamed with all of his might. Oh, no. Uh. Wait, he has... Wait, what? Do flies have dissolving venom? When they're that size, I guess they do. Jesus. That's the idea. He can't eat solid food. He has to vomit oh, on it first in order to it. break it down. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Fuck. He ain't done yet. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Shit. Oh. <laughs> Why does 
I I'm mean, this. White, Tim. <laughs> what is happening? White? Is that what graces you out? That was just. <laughs> uh, I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. It dissolved. A little late to the party, Gina Davis. Yep. Jesus. Bitch. God. Oh. God. Yeah, I'm shook after that. That is intense. And we're rotating the. Mm, yeah. This, if you're wondering, did win an Academy Award for best, um, I think best makeup or best effects. I'm not sure. It was one of the technical awards. Yeah. Well, as it should. Uh, I mean, good Lord. Chris Wallace was the um, the main FX dude behind this. He also did Gremlins. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yes. The first Gremlins, that is. I don't know if he did... This, I don't think he did the second one. And he directs The Fly 2, which, yes, this movie has a sequel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somehow. Seems like it should be one of a kind. Do you like the second one? Um, It's fine. It, it does not pack the same punch that this – it has its moments, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It does not have the same overall effect on me uh, mm-hmm. as as this one, um, but I, I think it's it's fine for what it is. It's more of a it's kind of more of just a, a monster movie. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of high minded ideas in that second one, but it's it's fine for what it is. Oh my god! Oh. Ah! God, I forgot about. She ripped his whole ass just jaw. Just now, yeah. Oh, no. And now she has triggered something terrifying. Oh, oh God. He is molting, I guess, right? Oh, they're so, it's, it's so wet. Oh, it's, God. It's so, so moist. Moist. Oh, the moist flesh is bursting. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great head pop. Oh, just this is just the sloughing. fucking worst. Oh, Just fucking kill me now, dude. This is a 1986 mainstream film, Jenny. God damn. Like, millions of people saw it. Like, this is this was a huge, like, blockbuster. That was just traumatic. Can you believe, I mean, how is something, how does something like this even get made? Let alone seen by so many people. Let alone seen by a four-year-old. Uh, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, fuck. This explains a lot, Tim. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. His grand plan is he's going to throw Ronnie and, and the baby into one telepod. He's oh, going to teleport himself through a second telepod, and they will come together in a third telepod. No. As a, as a big, no. beautiful, literal nuclear family. Oh, my God. And that will fix the the fly problem, you see. Right, right. Where right. where could it go wrong? Where could that possibly go wrong? Old dude is mm. ended up gonna be the hero. Is that what we're? I doing? mean, well, he's trying his best here. 
With this little nub and this little, oh, Jesus. So he managed to disconnect Ronnie's telephone. Brundle's breaking out. Yeah. He knows what's up. That ain't one And this is going to give us one more, just one more real fucked up sequence right here. Oh, fuck. Oh. Whoops. Holy shit. It got evaporated well, or some shit. We teleported, we teleported Brundlefly in like half the front of the telepod yeah. at the same time as he was stepping out of it. Oh. Which, uh, you know, again, what the, the telepod's creative. Happened? Yeah. Again, this is the telepod throwing its hands up figuratively like Jerry Seinfeld going, I'm out. Oh, my God. Here we go. Fusion of Brundlefly and telepod successful. Oh, my God. He's used with his own creation, Jenny. This is where Cronenberg really went, fuck you. Good God almighty. Holy shit. At this point, I just hope everybody dies because there's no coming back from this in Um, any way, shape, or form for anybody. I just uh, I mean, look at this thing. Look, it's still alive. It's hard to watch, and I like this shit. This is also like the ultimate practical effect. I mean, this it, is a, it, it's a puppet. Incredible. It's, it's incredible. It's being operated by like 10 yeah. or 12 people. I try to think about that. I try to see like the artist. And yet, it's it's like the most depressing, yeah. tragic thing. Ever. I mean, look at this. It's fucking heartbreaking, really. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Puts the barrel of the gun to his own head. Oh, my God. For God's sakes, woman, end it. Fucking do it, man. How could you not? I believe at this point we're getting into a metaphor for um, assisted suicide, if anything else. A little bit. Oh, she did. Yeah. Oh, she did it. And just a shower of gore as the head explodes. Great head explosion. Oh, incredible. That She should just turn the gun on Stathis, too. <laughs> and then herself. Yes. <laughs> and then on all the viewers. <laughs> that's the end of the movie, folks. That's it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's yeah. That's hell of a finale. <laughs> you You don't know what the fuck to do now. Right. Now I um, only watch it when you want to feel like this. <laughs> to feel like this, yeah. I mean, I'm glad we could experience this together because it's it's a pretty nihilistic movie. I mean, when you're really wanting to have all the concrete and cement and spiders and cobwebs blown out of your brain, um, just watch this movie because it, it's going to be with you for a few days. That's, yeah, I mean, you said it perfect. <laughs> I can't. So, all I can tell you is, um, oh. you know, I, I am a different person now <laughs> than the, the last time I saw this movie. Just like 
uh, I was a very different person the first time I saw this movie as a small child. I will be a different person the next time I see it. Um, I don't know what to say other than that in and of itself has got to be proof of concept here of mm. what Cronenberg was going for. We, you, you, you teleport know, one version of yourself. I, I go through the, the yeah. stages not unlike Brundlefly here. Like molting, yes. Yeah, I, I, uh, I just I think I don't know what it is about this movie. It's it's a gigantic sack of contradictions for me. It's a sack of contradictions. This is a film that simultaneously I I think it needs to be viewed by everyone um, and also by no one ever. (laughs) Um, It's like the ultimate just gross out body horror, disgusting sleaze fest. And it's this, at the same time, profound meditation on the human condition. Yeah. Um, And it's something that has become increasingly difficult for me to watch over the years for reasons that we have discussed, Mm -hmm. uh, primarily aging, while also being one of my all-time favorite films. So that's kind of where I stand with this. I I hope it tells you a little bit something about um, who I am. Why I'm like mm-hmm. this? I I think so. I think it does. Yeah. I I've enjoyed it, and it was everything that I wanted it to be. So, um, I'm glad we got it. <laughs> glad yeah, we, I think we had I'm glad to. We did it? I yeah. We had to now, do that just it, to say it, we did. Is there anything else on this level for you? Like, is emotionally like? For next year is what I mean. Right. Anything is emotionally propulsive, not – or repulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly. I mean, we've hit my big two, to be honest with you, Jenny. Like, Hellraiser is my favorite, uh, what I call pure horror movie. Right. Um, so we, we covered that hollowed ground last year. This is, like, my favorite sci-fi horror movie. Um, as well as being just a deeply personal film. Um, but I still have a pretty long list when it comes to Fody. Maybe things that aren't quite as personal, but still uh, we could call them personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I will never, never be at a loss to come up with something for this podcast. Don't okay, you worry. Good. This is this is one of my favorite podcasts, nuancely. Just oh, good. I love horror. I, I love getting into the movies that I love and why, and why I love them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also just a very easy <laughs> podcast, let's face it. Yeah, I um, mean, that's what I sit do down here. And, <laughs> sit down and watch a movie. I mean, that's, you know, you can't make it any easier on somebody than that. So, um, yeah, you, you, you've got a great, great uh, forum here at, uh, with great guests as well that I'm always thrilled to be a part of. The best guest, and you, my favorite, of course, as always. Oh, I thought uh, you're not allowed to play favorites. Whatever. Fuck that. Whatever. That's what I want. Okay. <laughs> this is awesome. the only place I can do what I want. This is true. <laughs> right here on my show. Your I show. Do it, so I said what I said. Um, so we do a lot of podcasts together. You want to talk about some of them, and then I'll talk about some of them. Um, yeah, I guess so. I'll, I'll try to save you some work by saying we uh, do a pair of, of, of all things, uh, professional wrestling podcasts. Those 
are actually on our sister network. It is called Place to Be Wrestling. And so you can look up and subscribe to Place to Be Wrestling. You'll find just a, a real variety of, of shows devoted to the great sport of professional wrestling. Jenny, you and I and our good friend Greg Phillips uh, all host Talking WCW, which is exactly what it sounds like, WCW-centered podcast. Mm-hmm. And our topic for our next episode coming up um, in the month of October, appropriately, is Halloween Havoc. So we're going to have three, I guess, <laughs> representative matches of the <laughs> event known as Halloween Havoc that we're going to talk about and have a lot of fun. One match picked by each of us. Uh, we also have uh, PTB NXT. That is with uh, Jacob Williams chronologically going through the PTB television years on WWE Network. So we're in year 2015, uh, kind of in the thick of the Kevin Owens uh, championship reign where we're heating up an Alex Riley push of all things from commentary back into the ring that we're weirdly kind of into. Uh, For some reason, it's just, it's kind of decent storytelling And, of course, we're um, continuing to fall in love with Sami Zayn, the great underdog that that he is as well. Uh, So that's PTB NXT, uh, another monthly show you'll find on Place to Be Nation Wrestling. Uh, Now, right over here on the North-South Connection, we have the, I guess you could say, irregularly scheduled the journey through infinity where we are doing retrospective review podcasts of all the films from the marvel cinematic universe uh we last covered god what was it uh infinity war is our next one gonna be ant-man and wasp that's right our next episode should we ever get to that again somewhat of an irregular show but we do it when we are able to we're very busy you see but uh we do a right. lot of podcasts together, and those are three of them. Uh, you, you can find me if you are so inclined on social media. I am on the Twitter at site six eight c y k e six eight on Twitter. Waiter, Jesus Christ! It's not like Brundle drinking a <laughs> drinking a latte, cappuccino, whatever. Too much sugar, not enough liquid. Yeah. I was going to comment on your audacity to promote our Halloween Havoc episode that we have pushed twice. That we haven't recorded yet? I thought, we were smart. We were smart because we scheduled it. We scheduled to record it in September knowing right. Right. that we're total fuck-ups and wouldn't be able to actually do it until several weeks thereafter, but would still be comfortably in October. We were exactly. smart about it. Yeah, we we were. Uh, I, I believe in this. I think we'll get it done. So thank oh, you. Oh yeah, we'll get it done. Don't worry that. about it. Yeah. Um. Also, I want to I want to ask you this. I know we're just here rambling at the end, and surely no one is listening. So uh. <laughs> yeah. Do I want to put this episode at the beginning of my month of freakout drive-ins, or do I want to put it at the end? Well, I guess that depends on what the collection of freaking drive-outs is going to look like for for this October. I know one of the films, at least, that you uh, 
<laughs> that you've covered with our, our good friend Sean Kidd. Um, another, it's another great one. I know y'all went some places based on what uh, Sean has chatted me up. He's good. He's done a good job of hyping that that appearance on Fody. I will say. Um, so I do have a little insider knowledge there, and I I do kind of think the two of these back to back. It doesn't matter in which order, but mm-hmm. but having them like a week apart would would make for a good companion because we, <laughs> it seems like the two of us, Sean and I, talk about things that are um, a little bit outside of the film itself. Uh, yes. So I, I don't know. I just maybe you stuck to the film though a lot, which is good because I wanted to. You know. Oh, I, I couldn't not stick to the film, but of course <laughs> I had to get into all the you know the the theory behind it and the themes and the uh, of course I'm gonna, like I'm writing a, a college thesis on this graphic exactly. body horror from 1986, <laughs> which I've done Stranger Things, but that's that's uh, what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, I, mind you, I, I've not heard that show that mm-hmm. Sean did, but it, it just it's seems good. like they would make for a good one to punch um and again i don't know what else you have on tap uh for Fody. i have no other insider knowledge okay um, All right. i don't have that kind of privileged information <laughs> well i would tell you but i mean it's all boring stuff so i'll just uh i'll make it a surprise how about that yeah i mean i'm sure the process will in the the appropriate order will reveal itself in the editing in the it editing usually phase. does yes Yes, you're right. In the hours and hours it's going to take me to edit all these fucking shows that oh, I've recorded. <laughs> so much hours. But anyway, uh, y'all can hear so many episodes of Fody, uh for the next month, maybe six weeks. Who knows how many I scheduled. So, uh, thank you for listening to those and um, happy spooky season and Halloween and all that shit. No matter what episode order this is. And follow me on Twitter at Jenny Position, and we show up now. And thank you, Tim, and I love you, and bye. Thank you, Jenny. I love you. <laughs> okay, Tim, as a bonus track, uh, we've come back several weeks later to record oh the deleted bonus scene that you can find on YouTube titled The Fly Deleted Baboon Scene. Yep, uh, not quite done with this delightful movie yet. Um, this you can also find on the uh, collector's edition or deluxe edition, whatever, uh, DVD, Blu-ray. Um, it is in there. There was uh, quite, quite the mythology surrounding this scene for a long, long time. Um, it was one of those, back in the day, you would hear about deleted scenes in movies, but pre-DVD, you never really got to see them. And this was just one of those infamous ones that was talked about in all the trade publications, like Fangoria and stuff like that. Talked about how, oh, this was left out of the movie. It was only ever shown um, during, like, uh, uh, pre-screenings in, like, Toronto and maybe one other, like, um, test audience screening type thing. And because of the reaction there, they took it out. Um, It was like... People actually got sick, they were falling out, they were vomiting, they were so disgusted, they they just had to take the entire scene out. So what we're seeing here is Brundlefly with a baboon in telepod. Remember, he had that extra baboon that survived, right? Right. He also has a house cat. 
Oh. They were each, they were each in separate telepods. <laughs> he has just uh, teleported them. He's running a little experiment here, and you have to keep in mind he's not exactly in his right frame of mind he's, at this point. He's definitely transforming. Uh, yeah, he looks and, and gross. this is. This is a stage of makeup we don't actually see in the finished film. This is kind of between the last of what we get of Jeff Goldblum and the bit right before that where he's walking on the walls and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that's mm -hmm. about where this fits in or would fit in. I think it comes, it would come just before um, Ronnie's dream sequence. Look at this. So he was trying to switch them, teleport them. At the same he time. was trying. He was actually trying to combine them, but was hoping that what came out was somehow viable. Oh. Um, now, why he thought this would work, I oh. think he's just—he's just losing his mind. Yeah, it, <laughs> and it's just this writhing mass of uh, like pain oh. and misery. And oh my God. you're the Antichrist. You're unnatural. You're not supposed this to is, exist. And, and now he is uh, bludgeoning it. With, yeah, he's got, you gotta kill it. You have to put it out of its misery. It should it not. It looks so wrong. It's yeah. Horrible. Um, I want to say that this is kind of like I don't know that this would have been in the finished film to be honest with you because this looks very raw this footage yeah it was like found by the guy who assembled the dvd it was like i found it it's not really edited but i think i can get it in what is going to be released ultimately as as the collector's edition well that um, wall climbing looked quite good that's yeah so the effects are still there it's just stuff like um the sound is a little bit off I, I think it, it was lacking uh the score um that the rest of the, that accompanies the rest of the film so it, it took a little work um but here it is in all its glory um, when did you first see it i i mean i first saw it on that uh on that dvd oh, that my. i remember i remember following the making of this dvd on some forum that i that <laughs> was a part i mean this is what people did and 2004, 2005, when they were film dorks like me. Um, I remember following the making of that DVD, and it was like, oh, just this whole saga of, I found the, the guy was literally giving updates to the fans every step of the way. Like, here's where I, I am in the process. I've talked to David Cronenberg. Like, he doesn't want to include the monkey cat scene, but I think I talked him into it. It was just this whole... <laughs> Mm -hmm. ongoing thing it was it was just amazing and so when it finally came out it was just like a real treat and kind of a love letter to the fans of, of this movie and so like this sequence is a little mm -hmm. like where he's a little janky where he's <laughs> down the wall now she's so janky I appreciate that. yeah no problem so all right now what's happening he's he seems to be in pain what's what's bulging something wants to come out of him yeah, so we're getting a payoff to, uh, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, this was all just part of the whole, I think this was the part that supposedly made someone throw up in the theater. Oh! Um, it's like a yeah. whole fly arm coming it's out of It's just a whole appendage that just erupted out of his side. 
That looks so. so gross. And if you remember, when he was crawling on the wall earlier, he lifted uh, his shirt up and he goes, what's this? And there's this uh, weird bulging mass we never found out. Yeah. This is this is the payoff. That. Yeah. Well, it's like a Ric Flair's lipoma. Do you think this is what was inside that? Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Because Sorry, that is unnecessary. <laughs> he just bit off the appendage with his fucking teeth. He just bit it off. His teeth still work somehow. And we watch it go skittering down the roof. Dude, just... <laughs> why? Because this movie needed to be even more unnecessarily uh... vile. And keep in mind, this would have come like right before or right after um, the dream that she has with the maggot birth which is so inappropriate it's just like can you imagine having this back to back yeah that um i i think that's the real reason they took it out to be honest with you i think this just it was too much right it's just way way too it doesn't really add anything and it's also like kind of shockingly violent so to me it takes away from the violence that we get at the actual conclusion to this film which is the first time we've really seen um, Brundlefly like attack someone viciously, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really um, frightening. So I, I think they didn't want to diminish that. I think they just they wanted to preserve some of the mystery of what he was doing at the end, which this gives away the whole he's gonna merge Turn. with yeah. Veronica and his unborn child because he's. <laughs> completely lost his mind you know <laughs> yeah i mean that's fair and you're probably right but it's really hard for me to like not want the most gross scenes in a sure. movie so, i understand yeah I, I appreciate that yeah I, it just you know I, I understand that i'm very weird um and no i i'm i'm right with you there yeah. uh, i mean there's there's an unfilmed sequence this never got filmed at all so it wasn't even deleted but it, as part of the script um i think it was supposed to be following right on from this like a a, a bag lady approaches on the street and like notices the the severed um appendage oh god and finds brundlefly and is a force horrified and he barfs on her face and oh, then nice consumes it yeah yes yeah that just never was i I guess (laughs) they they got to a point in filming where i'm sure they were just like we're we're not gonna do this um i would have done that instead of the cat baboon instead of in in lieu of the uh yeah just trade one disgusting scene for another yeah yeah yeah. just melt this lady's face yeah i would like to see a melted face um well uh not to not to spoil it, but the fly too might be for you. Um, oh, shit, I haven't dived into that. Yet. There is a sequel again, somehow inexplicably. <laughs> there's a sequel to this insane movie. Uh, yeah, so that's the most infamous deleted scene. There's an, there's other deleted scenes as well. They're not really worth us watching, I don't think. But again, um, just these crazy things you would hear about. Um, there's like a tacked on epilogue and they filmed it in various different ways of again veronica is um 
is now she's like asleep and she has uh, a nightmare. She wakes up. There's various different versions where she is alone or she is with Stathis, mm-hmm. who, you know, is still alive. And then um, there's one where she's like very visibly still pregnant and one where she is not. Um, or it's ambiguous. You can't tell whether she is or isn't. Um, and then she goes back to sleep and has this bizarre dream of like a, and it's done with stop motion animation, a like weird butterfly baby thing hatching out of a cocoon and like flying up to heaven or something. It's bizarre. It is, it is just strange. Yeah. And I mean, the way it's presented, it, it's not even really in like a deleted scene section on the DVD. It's it's inserted as part of a, a documentary that's on the DVD where various different people are talking about it. Like a featurette type deal. Yeah, it's like a featurette. So they're talking. You do get to see the whole thing and all the different, again, they film different versions of it where she's alone, where she's with Stathis, where she's still pregnant, where we're not sure. There's like four different versions. Because yeah, they just weren't sure what, yeah, they just weren't sure what they were going to settle on, um, and, and they ended up just not using it at all. Because how do you top just exploding head, smash cut to credits? I mean, just they just left it on the. Well, it does feel so pool. unfinished. So that and that's part of. I don't yeah. know. You you want some sort of resolution. So check that. I believe that's on YouTube as well. If people are interested, I I don't know how you'd even search for it. Just maybe fly deleted epilogue, maybe. Um, oh, here we go. The fly, the crappy alternate endings. <laughs> You'll find that on YouTube. It's about eight minutes long. Again, it's it's not just those scenes. It's people talking about it, including Jeff Goldblum and uh, Gina Davis talking about these scenes as well. So. Not really good for a, a commentary, but if you want to track those down on your own time, um, it's pretty interesting. Just what could have been. All right. Well, so. thanks for this little bonus treat uh, to wrap yeah. up. This is the official end of the month-long journey uh, for Cal Drive-In. So switch gears uh, to my usual bullshit. It's not really switching gears. It's just, you know... Back more of this on Pluto. So basically, yeah. um, back on my bullshit, but that's fine. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jenny. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Yeah.